For the past decade, our teams have been working incredibly hard to make some big and much needed changes in how we develop leaders while at work. I challenge you to forge your own path in your own leadership evolution. Consider one that makes the lives of people around you and the business better by building more purpose-driven leaders and relationships with your teams. We need to build leaders who truly care about those they see and engage each and every day. We invite you to hear more about our own leadership and cultural journey, and the impactful stories will surely resonate with you and your teams. Hey, thanks for joining us today. This is Edgar Cabello, one of the leadership directors at Lippert with the Built to Lead podcast, brought to you by the Academy for Leadership here at Lippert. And today I'm with Mike Turlip and Bill Coughlin, our new director for the Academy. I'm super excited to announce that here. Um, I thought it was really, really important to be able to bring Bill into the conversation today. So we've got we got some fun ahead and kind of a, a cool example of why the Academy exists with Mike and, and the business that he's involved in and we're going to give you a peek at kind of what this work looks like but first bill hey you've been part of lippert for is it eight nine years now eight years edgar eight, eight years. years my goodness and and bill was really at the at the at the trailhead of everything that's been happening here in terms of leadership and culture and so he's he's seen it all in terms of the evolution of this and we're, we'll get a we'll, we'll get a little bit of a, a glimpse of that from bill here in just a little bit but in recent days here he's kind of got a new assignment, right? So Bill's taking on the leadership and the directorship of the Academy. Tell us a little bit about that, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm excited to have the Academy and be working with you know outside clients of ours. And I always had this vision when I came on board that we were on this journey to develop strong leaders in our right. organization. I was a believer that at a certain point, you're trying to work yourself out of a job. Because if you're developing leaders, at a certain point, they pick up the ball and they run with it, mm -hmm. right? And people look and say, how did that transformation work? How did right. you get there? And that became the concept of the academy to say, hey, here's our playbook. Not that you have to do it the same way we did it, but we'll show you what we did. The goal of the academy is to help other organizations truly become this force for good in the community. Right. Whether it's giving back to the community with families and friends and it's helping out it's being better when we make people better at work and they feel valued appreciated right they go home feeling that way yeah. and so so the whole concept is how do you take it and just show someone what you're doing yeah. let them put their spin on it yeah right but share share the message so and, and, and it's and it's fun isn't it i mean oh, it's, it's just fun retelling the stories and and seeing people you know kind of come alongside and you know, we, we talk about like when the lights go on, right? Absolutely. And listen, there's there's been uh, a lot of fun with it. There's been some challenges. Okay. There's been some roadblocks, right. right? Some walls we had to knock down. So, and when you tell some of those stories too, right. uh, that's the fun as well, right? And, and I'd to love to hear you more can make that, it. Especially as we're talking about this relationship here with Mike and, and the people of Forest River. But uh, Bill, let me let you do the honors, introduce Mike today, and then we're, we're going to kind of unpack like what it's been like for you guys to be working together like through the academy and i'm um, super excited um, to have you on board with us mike so bill go ahead Let's yeah so uh mike turlop he's a general manager over with forest river he has the cardinal and the wildcat um, operation that he oversees it, it, he's been this guy's been an absolute joy to work with um we share a lot of ideas together and yeah mike welcome Thanks no, for being here with us. I appreciate it, and uh, the feeling feeling is mutual, and it helps when you get you end up meeting somebody that you have so much in common with and can learn so much from. So yeah. it's been a huge advantage for me personally, and I think it you know trails off into the division as well. I, I remember meeting Mike. We're, we're on on site at one of our Elkhart plants right now, and I remember meeting Mike on a tour 
that came through here and we ended up chatting for a little bit as we were touring plant 58 here in Elkhart and it was really good to get to know you at that point in time but tell us about how this whole thing got started what why did you get intrigued and what was happening at Lipper and I don't know I'm just kind of curious where that all began so and he, it's funny you asked that question because I'm like I keep actually even sitting here I'm like when was the first like interaction? When was the first kind of thought and how I got teamed up with Lipper? And I actually, it was pre-COVID, so it's basically like you know 20 years ago yeah. at this point. But, <laughs> Might as well get lost. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, too. But uh, it was right before then. I want to say it was the end of 2019, and I got teamed up with Amber somehow. I can't remember who linked us up. But she helped me start putting together a plan because, you know, with the division that I'm, I'm a part of, it's one of the more longstanding divisions at Forest River. Okay. So obviously with any longstanding division or longstanding company, you're going to have good, bad, great, ugly, beautiful, you know, you name it. I mean, it's no different than shoot a 50-year marriage, you know. Mm-hmm. If they made it 50 years, it's pretty darn strong. <laughs> so, yeah. But they've learned a lot, too. So yep. we had been through our ups and downs, and it was something that I really wanted to focus on culture to, you know, give us a better, a little bit better name or picture or image um, with other people in the workforce, with the community, um, in terms of like, hey, you know, that would be a great place to go work. Yep. I want to be a part of that brand, mm-hmm. now two brands. So it kind of started there, and, you know, then... We got rolling, COVID hit, so then everything was shut down. Well, people are everything, and it's what it all comes down to. And so we had actually had made a management change in the production side of things right after COVID. And so we had a new production manager. Everybody was coming back to work. You know, kind of a little bit of that fear had been lifted from the COVID shutdown. And so it was like perfect timing. And actually, a huge kudos to Amber and Jason, because they actually both came over and helped us. They sat in our listening session. I mean, really coached us through like, how do you do that? Because we had no clue. And so what we did was we had actually brought in, I don't want to say hand selected. It was more of like a, we had two buckets, like tenured employees and then new employees. Mm-hmm. And we started picking out names. We're like, let's have a diverse group um, and not just have, you know, tenured employees who are maybe like, you know, remember, remember all the bad or something mm-hmm. and don't want just n- new employees who are just, you know, pumped to be starting a new job. Right. So <laughs> we wanted we wanted the honest truth. That's and good. so we asked two questions and it was what's going well and why and what could we do better and how? Yeah. And so it was like perfect timing though, because we had Keith Yoder, who's our, our production manager now, and he had just started. And so that really kicked it off. And then from there, Amber got me linked up with Bill and Bill and I started working together one-on-one quite a bit and meeting once a month. And that's been phenomenal. And I can get into a little bit more of that as yeah. the podcast and progresses. And we definitely want to hear about that for sure. I'm kind of curious in the, in the early going. First of all, when you mentioned like the listening session, I mean, our, our whole last season was on unpacking the, the cultural playbook, but it's one of our plays. Like we do, the, the listening sessions are incredibly important. Yeah, Lots of ways to, to get the voice of your people activated. You know, I think you do surveys like we do surveys. Lots of people do them and all that kind of good stuff. But those live listening sessions are, are really quite powerful. So I'm not surprised that that was step one in the process. Hearing that voice is is critically important because then they start to own into it, I think. But what were, what's some of the changes? What are some of the changes that you've seen since you've kind of started down this trail, let's say? So, I mean, one of the biggest things is just 
first off, patience. And I kind of said that to you guys earlier. It's yeah. like, hey, I'm not patient. Um, I know many of us are not. And it's culture is one of those things that just doesn't, you don't have a listening session and make a few cards and it happens in two months. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm really seeing it today. Like it's drastically paying off now. And it's been about a year and a half since Keith started. So, and we did those listening sessions. But I would say the biggest things were, Everybody was saying their frustrations. Everybody was saying the same thing hmm. in a different way, and it was accountability. And so, I think account- accountability encompasses so much. I mean, you know, people, you know, we all, in a way, need to be held accountable, and not just a way. We all need to be held accountable. But you're more inclined to do better work if if you enjoy where you're working, and yeah. then you're not as you don't need to be held as accountable in terms of like constantly being micromanaged mm-hmm. or something like that. And there was people that I'll be honest, I was like, in my mind, they're not going to make it. I don't yeah. see them making it through this. And they've turned out to be some of the best ones. And, that's yeah. and yeah. the other thing that go along with it is we really started realizing that maybe we just, we're not giving a person a fair shot because maybe they're not in the right position. And so one of my favorite terms now is rotate before eliminate. Mm-hmm. And we've started like plugging and playing a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just been cool to see people excel in new areas yeah. where before maybe they, you know, and in fairness to them, maybe they just got a little burned out yep. in mm-hmm. terms of just getting beat down, beat down. And so now it's becoming more like family, you know, it's, we're doing stuff outside of work together. You know, Forest River's always quietly done a good job with mm-hmm. a lot of the things that they do outside of the office in terms of like our softball tournament. I'd never been until this past year and probably in terms of trying to, embrace the culture probably never would have gone but i did and i went and played with our division and i'm not a good softball or baseball player so they got a good kick out of that um <laughs> but, but that just, but that builds that team spirit yeah. right yeah. i mean that's when people see it and they're like hang on he's no different than us he's just like we are absolutely so and that changes the relationship when you get back in those four walls again yeah. and come back to work on monday yeah. so it for sure does i love what you said too about rotate prior to eliminate. Mm-hmm. You know, we often talk about putting people in the right seat on the bus. Mm-hmm. And it can be a great catchphrase or it can be a great tool to use, right? To make sure you find the right fit for people. So yeah. we all have different skill sets. Absolutely. Right? And some so, people get stuck almost in that position. Without question. And, so, and I, so when you mentioned earlier just that the idea that like you really wanted this to be a place where folks wanted to work, right? Absolutely. And I mean, what leader doesn't want that? Right. And right. and we can say that. However, to do the hard work and you also alluded to the idea this is a long game. Like this isn't you can't expect to host a softball tournament and throw a pizza dinner and expect everything to change overnight. It's right. it really is. It's it's the slow drip of being consistent and demonstrating that you care every, every single day in a number of different in yeah. a number of different settings. But I'm just kind of curious, Bill, from your angle, like what have you seen? Like you and, and I, the way that I see your role in all of this, and I think it's our role even in normal business protocol is leaders become guides to other. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of what you are when you're representing the academy when we're you know connecting with uh, other businesses throughout the community and so so what since you've been guiding this process with Mike what what have you seen well I think I think you have to look for early adapters mm. who's going to buy in right. right off the bat and I think that's where you make some of your hay now you're going to have a plenty of fence sitters what I call right that are going to sit there and say hang on is this we'll real see. or not yeah mm-hmm. we'll see what happens right I'll give this time so I think it's consistency yeah. and over time you get people to buy in yeah. like you say you're not going to change it immediately but some of us in some of our roles 
right? We're aggressive. We're like, well, let's go. Let's quit waiting on this, right? right. And that can be the worst thing that you do. Yeah. So you have to meet people where they're at. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know, you got to get them on board. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes, yeah. It takes I, some time. In, in your work there, like, I know, what, what are some of the things that you do and how you represent the academy in the work that you do with, with a, a group like Mike's group? I'm sort of an open book, so okay. here's what I want to do. I, first, I have to build a relationship with Mike so sure. that we have that foundation. Everything's built on that relationship. And then I just started to share ideas. I wanted to ask him where you're at, what's mm -hmm. your journey, what's going on, what are some roadblocks maybe you have. And then it, would, it was just we just started sharing yeah. with each other. Okay. I'll be honest, doing the work I'm doing right now makes me better. Because Mike challenges me. The last thing I want to do is go in and spend time together and have him walk away with nothing. For sure. Right? And so, so he challenges. I'm challenged to say, all right, what am I going to bring this guy? And what does he take out of this? And so because I want that relationship to be value added. Yeah. Right? So, so that's what I look at is first build a relationship, find out some of the blocks, and then we just start sharing. Yeah. And to be honest... The things, the ideas he gives back to me, I can take and use back yeah. right in my daily job. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, so it's a win. Yeah. It could be a, a true win-win. I, I like so, that. So you, you started in on that, Mike, on the coaching relationship. So you, you know, Bill's kind of been your go-to person in terms of the academy. Yeah. So kind of. Let us know what that's been like from your angle. Don't tell them everything. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> and Bill's right because it really started off, and it's kind of funny because I actually, that's why I started smirking, was because before when Amber was like, hey, I want you two to meet, or I want you would be the two that I would have work together, I was like, well, I want to meet this guy first, and I want to talk to him to see if we even like each other. Yeah. So we were both on the same page. Well, let's see if we get along and we're on the same mission before we even start working together. And, right. and we were. I mean, yeah. come to find out, you know, very similar family life. And, you know, you've got five kids. I've only got two so far. But, you, got time. you know, I, you got, got time. I got plenty of time. <laughs> yeah. I'm only five months old, so I got plenty of time. Went to the same church. Yeah. And so we started, like, checking all these boxes, and then we're like, okay, this is going to be a good thing. I would say the biggest one of the biggest things is that I've been able to lean on Bill to get a totally different perspective mm. on how to handle a situation. And I think, you know, especially I'm, I'm fairly young, I'm 32 years old. And so I think my first management position, I was 25 at Forest River. And so, you know, the idea of management and I, again, I'm even saying management instead of leadership, right? So that's the first indication. So the, the idea of management was like, oh, well, you know, this is how it's supposed to be. This is how, you know, it should be done. This is what I see in the movies. I expect it to be this way and that way. And so to really contact Bill on different things mm -hmm. and kind of take my um, emotional attachment out of it has really been a huge value add. And I think it's been better for everybody at the division as well. I mean, I wrote down here as like an example of you know, I don't even know how we got on the topic of the conversation at breakfast one day, but just having tough conversations with people yep. and tough conversations, not to fire them, but to coach them. Mm -hmm. And Bill even said to me, he goes, have you ever thought about just taking them on a walk outside the building and picking their brain and kind of seeing where they're at? And then, you know, having a conversation with them about it versus saying, Hey, I need you to come down to my office where it's intimidating. And the person's instantly in fight or flight. And so it's been things like that. Shoot, even just figuring out, I'll, I'll call them up and say, hey, I'm having this problem. I'm not sure if, you know, I'm being overly compassionate. Is it, you know, time for us to look at making a change? You know, the rotate for eliminate? Yeah. Um, or is it, you know, is there a different direction that I can go with this? And typically it's a different direction and it's, you know, just seeing it from an outsider's perspective. Right. Yeah. I, I love that. So take a walk. 
That's yeah. a strategy. Yeah, I'm a believer that what's your ultimate goal when you talk about having a difficult conversation? What are you really trying to get out yeah. of it? And more often than not, what we're trying to get out of it is just change behavior. Yeah. But often, where do we pull people? To our office. Mm-hmm. And so the guard's up before they even walk in. Mm-hmm. And think about when they leave our office. Everyone's saying, what do you say to you? What do you do? What's the matter? So yeah. to me, often the only time I would bring anyone into my office was to compliment them. And they come in. And they're like, what's up? I'm like, you're a rock star, right? If I had three more people like you, I'd get rid of half a dozen of those people out there. <laughs> so that when they walk out, they say, hey, what did he want? What do you want? He said, I'm a rock star. And if he had three more of me, you'd be out of here, right? <laughs> but that's the mindset I want. So if I'm trying to change that behavior, it might be grab a bottle of water, take a walk. How you doing? Right. You all right today? You don't seem like yourself. It just sort of relaxes them it diffuses yeah. the situation I, I just just right there like I, I it's it's brilliant like sure how you doing standard you know uh, the second thing you said really got my attention because i think that gets people's attention sometimes and that is like you just don't seem like yourself yeah and, and so unpack that one man what's the, what's happening when when you approach somebody that well, way i think often when i say that you don't seem like yourself that's when they usually, that light bulb goes off and they go, well, I've got this issue. Yeah. And usually it's a personal issue, yeah. right? My daughter's sick or my wife this or my car just broke down or something. Because we all have, yeah. what I talk about is the five storms of life. We all have these storms of life happening to us. But we believe that when you come into the to the office, we'll check that at the door, right? Yeah. Now I want you focused here. And it doesn't happen for people. So... If you know your people, if you build those relationships, yes. then you can you can see it in them when they're not in the game. And so if you're proactive to say, hey, you got a minute? Come on, let's go for a walk. I want yeah. to talk to you. You don't seem like yourself today. Boy, it takes them, right? Yeah. Puts that guard down and they go, I'm struggling. Well, and, and so I, I love the essential piece for that, you know, that I'm hearing in that, Bill, is like that it, I think you're saying I see you. Yeah. First and foremost, right? Like, I know you. I see you, something's a little bit off. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's that's packed with just all kinds of, you know, I mean, there's a lot of back work in that. I mean, it's the relationship building. It's that familiarity with the people that you come in contact with every day and not just taking them for granted. Yeah, you look a little bit off. Like yeah. that's not, you just did something that's uncharacteristic. And and I think sometimes people are like, you, you saw that? You know that we have these five core values, right? And one of our core values is caring about people. Mm-hmm. So if you really, Instead of it just being a banner or a card that you walk around with, if you care about people, you should be proactive and check them out, make sure they're all right. Team play with trust. You can trust that you're on my team. I'm going gonna, I'm yeah. gonna to help you out. I'm going to take care of you. Positive attitudes, one of our core values. So, yeah. hey, if you're not positive, what's the matter? What's yeah. going on? What's bothering you? For sure. Right? So I just think you can look at so many of our, the values that we want to talk about. Let's make sure they're alive and in the airspace and not just sitting on banners. Absolutely. Right? So yeah. that's what I try and look for when I'm out in our operation. And, and you know, when, when we're coaching and, and Mike, maybe you've kind of experienced some of this too, in terms of like the objectivity that's kind of come to light with your relationship here with Bill. But I think when we're coaching people around our company, what we start to see is when folks acknowledge that we're on, <laughs> I put it this way: that we're kind of on to them, you know. And 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 that's not not that's not uh, said in a negative way at all. But like, it's just a, a sense of awareness that things are going on right now, man. And and a lot of times, business is so hurried and so rushed, and 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 sometimes it's very methodical that the human element is left out. But you said something a moment ago, Mike. You just said people are everything, mm-hmm. and we can't do what we do without them. So I mean, there's it's that that's driving everything that we. 
This episode of Lippert Built to Lead podcast is brought to you by the Lippert Academy for Leadership, the team committed to enhancing your organization's leadership and cultural goals with strategic leadership development programs, on-site training, executive coaching, speaking engagement, and customized solutions. Find out how to get your organization involved at www.lci1.com backslash academy or send us a message at academy at lci1.com. That's academy at lci the number one.com. I'm just kind of curious in your coaching relationship with Bill, give me some of the personal pieces for you that have, you know, that have, uh, that this relationship has kind of lifted or, or kind of brought to light for yourself. I mean, I mentioned it earlier, but one of the biggest ones is vulnerability. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to use Bill's example from today, actually, when we were kind of chit-chatting a little bit before well, we started the podcast. But, you know, Bill was talking about how he was in front of a group of people. Were you guys doing a listening session today? We were, yeah. yeah. So, and he was talking about how they had done something within the division, and one of the guys knew that Bill was trying to lose weight, and he was on a diet, and he knew his his target. So now now everybody knows. But <laughs> don't you didn't say the number. I'm not, saying the number. <laughs> I'm not saying the number. Not going there. But <laughs> no <laughs> pictures on the podcast. <laughs> He's not wearing stripes either. Um, but and so one of the guys when he was doing the listening session called him out and was like, "Hey, are you to your number yet?" And so I think it's. And I use that as, you know, that's a lighter example, but being vulnerable is part of that leadership. I think it's one of the biggest things is because when, and I use the softball example, or, you know, you do these listening sessions, you're a normal person. Mm -hmm. And when you're a normal person and you're on the floor with them and you see them and like what Bill was saying, when you go up to them and have a conversation or you notice that they're off, if you don't have a relationship or you're not vulnerable with them, then how do you know? that they're, they're off. You have to have that relationship to know that they're off. And so I think that's personally one of the biggest things is just in the compassionate side. You know, yeah. I, I tend to probably, I'm more on the compassionate side. I, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. But sometimes, obviously, we're all human. I can get, you know, ticked off and I, I want to be, you know, going guns a-blazing and just be angrier in hell. But, <laughs> you know, I'll call Bill and be like, hey, how would you handle this situation? And just get his opinion. Because like I said earlier, you know, sometimes we have to remove our emotions yeah. from it because it's easier for us to be yep. like, you know, this is what I think, this is, you know, how it should be handled. And then same time too, as a leader in the division or a company, you're judged on how you handle that situation. You know, some mm-hmm. people may want that person, you know, moved out of the division. Some people may want that person, you know, promoted. Some people may want that person fired. Some, you know, whatever it may be. And yep. so the compassionate side of just continuing to grow that and really navigate it, I think is a better term. Cause I, like I said, I feel like I always, or I try to lean towards the compassionate side, but just trying to figure out, okay, when to be compassionate, when not to be compassionate. And I do have to throw in one more thing. Cause you asked about bill. Did you guys know that not only is he now the director of leadership or the leadership Academy, Mm -hmm. but bill is also a librarian. That's a nice, that's a side. That is I'm, just, a side yeah. I'm looking at you right now, a librarian. Oh, yeah. Yep. I forget what, what is that card file that they, what's a library have? Decimal system or whatever. What is that? Oh, yeah. Like, what is that? Is oh, the, man. Dewey Decimal System? Is that what it is? Dewey. Dewey. I, yeah. Is that what it is? I, I don't know. Something Maybe like that. I don't know. You might have to edit this part out. <laughs> You're the librarian. Why are you asking me? <laughs> He's a fraud. Part time. Part time. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, so I mean, it's a great idea there. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the librarian. Piece. I so I think why you say that too, Mike, is that I have 
countless books that I've read. I mean, yes, I have five children, and my kids still, they look at me like, Dad, seriously, another leadership book? I mean, are you serious? When are you going to figure it out? But I always find a nugget yeah. in these books, and yeah. to be honest, I, I love to share them yeah. with others. If people want to, it might be a podcast that you can share. It might be an audio book. It might be just a hard-covered book. That, but I think, to me, that's been one of the greatest gifts. I used to have a coach that I worked with, Joe Gillum. And whenever Joe presented, he'd have two tables in the front of the room. One of them had white papers and news articles and books just smothered. And he goes, that's my work table. Hmm. And then the other table that he had on the other side of the podium was pictures of his families and vacations. And, and he said, this is where I go to work. This is where I go to play. Right? But I can't play unless I go to work. And yeah. He's the one that got me started on this library and reading and learning. And yeah. it, it's just it's fun to share it, right? When Absolutely I can just is. say, hey, check this one out. Yeah. And this is a good book. I so, hear you. All yeah. right, do a free commercial right now for one of your favorite books. I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. Well, I think I know what you're going to say. <laughs> well, I think I know which book you're going to pick. Well, I, the book I would pick that I, I just think it has a lot of great pieces in it is The Greatest Salesman in the World by Mike oh. Mandino. Okay. I know it. So right. that's yeah. you were onto that one. That's, I knew he was going to say I that one. It's, it's just one of my yeah. It's still one of my. I know favorites. what your number two or three is then. What is it? It's Master Coach. Yeah, Master Coach yeah. is magnificent. Yeah, Greg Thompson. Yeah, just a wonderful. Do you have one free commercial book of choice? Oh man, think about it. I'm going to give one while you think. Yeah, all right. Go ahead. So this one, it's a brand new one. It's worth it. You need to get it. Um, it's called Hero on a Mission. I told you about that yeah, one. By yeah, Donald I just Miller. ordered it. Fantastic. Yeah, just ordered Absolutely it. fantastic book. So recommend that to anybody that's listening to us right now. And, and Edgar, I went out on his uh, podcast as Did well. You? I loaded his podcast. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, thanks for that. Great yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's he got a podcast called Business Made Simple. And yeah. I, this guy's a difference maker. Yeah. And so is his business. So everything he's doing in the business world and the way that he's coaching and all that. Anyways, yeah. did you come up with something, Mike? I do. Mine's The Dichotomy of Leadership. It's by Jocko Willick. Oh. Willink. Willick or Willink? Yeah. Yeah. But Jocko used to be, um, I think he was in the SEALs. Maybe SEAL. Yeah. Seal. I think he's a yeah. SEAL. He's, I mean, he, the dude's, he's a man's man. Yes. But um, great book. I mean, I always find those, like, people that come from the service, their content is just, yeah. I mean, yeah. Outstanding. It's yeah. amazing. There's great. That's leadership. leadership. Yeah. Okay. All right. Got it. I'm, I'm, it. That's one for that's one for the list right yeah. there. So, yeah. so Mike, you were talking about so, something that I know this. I know Bill believes this. I I know I do, um, because for myself, one of my goals this year was to. I needed a, a new mentor. It's been a little while since I've had anybody. So I, I I was on my leader action plan. We use that, you know, because I I want you know I think goal setting is a way to kind of reset the storyline of your life, like. What are so? What do I want my life to look like? Right. Yeah. yeah. So we actually have a say in that when we put our put in the hard work. But we, we're strong believers that everybody needs a coach. I don't care who you are. Right. And and I know Bill's over Bill's over there nodding his head right now. I I think the advantages to having people that come alongside us are so great. Like and so I love that. I guess that that situation you called when you said you picked up the phone and you just called Bill. Like what did I do in this situation? Like what's the uh, what is that like to have somebody that you can go to? under those circumstances that has been the biggest game changer in my leadership hmm. period i mean because bill and i try to get together once a month um mm -hmm. and grab breakfast together okay but beyond that if we can't get together that month and things i mean we both have busy schedules i know i can pick up the phone and be like hey bill got a situation want your opinion on it and it's made me take a step back and we live in such a reactive world right where on. it's like i yeah. get an email that ticks me off i gotta respond or i get a, someone demanding something right now gotta respond gotta come up with an answer 
And sometimes those things just need to, you need to take a step back and go, they always say sleep on it, but sleep on it. So that's been the biggest thing. And, you know, I'll use another example of let's, let's rewind in terms of like, not just leading our current people, but from the hiring process. And I was interviewing, I don't even remember what position I was interviewing for now. I don't, I don't know if you Sales coordinator actually. Yeah, Yeah. Right. And, uh, I hit up Bill and I'm like, Hey, do you have any good, like interviewing material? And he's like, yeah, he goes, a matter of fact. I'll get it over to you right now. <laughs> and so I had it that night yeah. or next morning. I can't remember. And I mean, it's even stuff like that. So yeah. it's just, it's made me, you know, encourage me and push me to be such a better leader because yeah. I'm not so reactive. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's dramatic pause. That was, that's, that's what that was. <laughs> That silence always we'll clip that, that silence. Ahead. Yeah, I, you know, I always think that we talk about people-centric organizations, and sometimes I think they come across because we talk about compassion and empathy, and yeah. it comes across as almost too soft sometimes. Right. I think it is all about the people. Yeah, but we also have to remember we're always we're running a business too, For sure. and so we're passionate about the business. We're passionate about about winning in business too, right? And getting after that competition. So. It, there has to be a balance there. Yeah, and sure. so I don't want anyone to listen to our podcast and think, wow, these they're just soft and it's, you know, it's a love fest around there and yeah. everyone's great. And yeah. it, 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 we're still running a business, but there's a right way and a, and a wrong way, I think, yeah. to run business too. It's funny. I have my own academy story, Bill. Like To your point, we were doing a kind of a tour and a get to know you time, kind of like what we did with you at that one point, Mike. And I remember when we were kind of sharing a little bit about the business, one of the business owners had said like, oh, well, we just don't, we have a hard time getting our head around these soft skills. And I, I asked, I, Amber was leading at that point. I just asked, has, Amber, can I just speak to that for a second? Mm-hmm. And I, I just got my eye up, buddy. I got to mm-hmm. tell you, because I was like, if they're so soft, then why is it so hard for you guys? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was my okay. question back to you. Remember that? Yeah. I think yeah. you're in the room. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and the funny thing is, is like they ended up hiring us to kind of help them do a, a job performance assessment and a cultural assessment at one of their companies in a, in a neighboring state. And, and it's like, uh, so that idea of softness and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, yeah, I, we talk about finesse because you, that's what you have to do in relationships sometimes is you got to use a little bit of finesse. You bet. You can't just let it all go, you know, because that's not always a good thing when you get an email that ticks you off. Maybe you do need to sleep on that, you know. Maybe you need to craft something without anybody on the on the receiving end of that and sleep on that. Mm-hmm. Come back, revisit, and see if it's still good tomorrow, right? See if that thing still is (laughs) what you want to send tomorrow. I think a lot of times, I can't tell you how many things, most of the things that I regret were reactions. And I think that's true in leadership, right? Yeah, absolutely. Reactionary response. Yep. Right? Bam. And then you're like, "Uh uh-oh, probably shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have said that. Oh, I wish I could take it back. Once it's out there, it's difficult to get it back, right? People will forgive, but people don't often forget. This is true. So, and I love that saying, right? People will forgive you, but they often won't forget. Yeah. Next time they'll be like, oh, I remember Woody, right? So, and, and so, we just don't know how much damage we're doing to the, to the trust that perhaps has been built up until that yeah. point in time. Yeah. So, okay. So going off of what you guys are talking about or what we're talking about in regards to taking a second to think about it because we're ticked off, we have to remember that as leaders, you know, one of our biggest things is how are we sending our people home? Mm. And if I make a very harsh reaction to something that happened, I could then very well send somebody else home in a very negative attitude. And I don't know how that's going to affect him and his family or her and Mm -hmm. her family. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned it the hard way through experience. And so that's why I say, that's why I wanted to hit on that because I think that's another key aspect of, you know, 
the leadership format. Yeah, but you know, Mike, this is something that I've used this as a personal quip, like in, in the work that I've been doing for Lipper. And it's, it's simply as you guys tell me what you think about it. I, I think it's certainly true, but I think when you become the leader, whether it's a team of four or a team of 40 or a team of 400, you immediately become one of the most important people in their life. You do. And they're going to talk about you at dinner time, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's up to you what that narrative sounds like. Yeah. So what do you think about that? Oh, I think that happens on a daily basis. I know I do it myself yeah. to my own leaders. So yeah. yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think, you know, I often believe that what we do, Edgar, is we, we get people to come into our organization at yeah. the beginning of the day and we tell them, hey, this is what we have coming at us, right? Here's what we have to accomplish. This is what we have to do. I just wish more people would take that same amount of time at yeah. the end of the day to thank their people for what they accomplished right. before they send them home. Yeah. Because it's a whole different way that you walk out of that facility versus how you walk in. That's right. So, yeah. and many people, I agree with you, Mike, when they go home, if they have a miserable day, they tell their spouse, yeah. they tell their significant other, their kids, yeah. right? And, and they're like, why do you go there? Yeah. Why don't you just quit? Yeah. Why don't you just, and think about that just constantly in your mind think so about the, I, I mean i just I, as you're talking i'm thinking like the conversations i have in my own home i mean the the people that have leadership in my life like john reese or amber or the people on my team like you I, I, that's part of that's a pretty normal part of my conversation like almost on a daily basis because you spend so much time with them, i talk right? about jason right because yeah. i'm like because these people inform my quality of life yeah. And so I think people do think about, talk about their leaders a lot. And and the people that are related to you that have nothing to do with the business or friends that you know that have nothing to do with the business, they know about the people that you work with because you end up talking about the people that are important to you. Yeah, absolutely. And so the idea of sending them home, man, like that, I mean, I know we went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but I think it makes a heck of a lot of sense. Yep. And so I, it's just great. I, you know, Mike, I asked you a, a little bit ago, just in terms of going forward, I mean, in your mind's eye, what do you think about future state, right? Obviously, you guys have made some progress since this whole relationship has started. And, and I think, you know, you got to be really proud of that. So current state, where do you see this going? What does it look like in your mind's eye as you continue to develop in terms of leadership and culture at Forest River? Let me use it as an, you know, a visual example. One of the things that I appreciate and get the most enjoyment out of is when I go up to our production manager's office and he's like, hey, I just had you know three people stop in here for a job today. I mean... I love that because it tells me that people want to work here. Yeah. And so I get a lot of enjoyment out of that. Um, and a lot for him. Like I give hats off credit to Keith on how he's helped turn that place around. Awesome. I mean, he has been the main driver in the culture and, you know, cause he's on the floor. He's always happy. He goes and says, good morning to everybody. So to continue that and yeah. to continue growing, I mean, you're always going to have, you're just always going to have an opportunity to continue bringing on really, really good people mm -hmm. that fit your organization. And so to see that and to see that line grow would be something mm -hmm. I would love to see over yeah. the over the future. And as an industry, too, I think it's important because, you know, like I said, I'm a little bit younger. So I remember being in school and college and everybody's like, when they were talking about where they're going to go work, it was all about like, how cool it was, like the Google effect, right? Everybody yeah, was like talking yeah. about how cool it was to go work at Google. Yeah. I think it's great that our industry is doing this and making this push towards this this new way of work and culture and life 
because then it's going to give people to say, oh, I can't wait. You know, they could be in high school and say, hey, I, w- I want to go work at Lipper or Forest mm-hmm. River and because I know that their culture is like this or I just want to get in that industry because I know that their culture and their way of life is like this. It's kind of like people that want to go to Silicon Valley. It's, you know, yeah. they get to work from home. They get to wear their slippers. They get to, you know, yeah. the Google effect. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, long, I mean, not to draw it out too long, but that's, that's really... Yeah. Or I would love to see, you know, personally my division, but then the industry as well. Yeah, yeah we, we, and we get to inform that, don't we? Yeah, I think a cool thing that, uh, about that is you can get excited about how many people come in, but also how many people stay. stay. Right? Yeah. That retention yeah. number is so important. Yeah. And, and we talk about it often here, the retention. When you get people that stick around, your quality gets better, your yeah. safety gets better, innovation gets better, the teamwork right, gets better. So yeah. because you're, and your training costs go down. There's so many things about retention, about getting people on the team that want to stay and be part of it, yeah. opposed to that constant turnover yeah. where you're always chasing it, right? Oh, yeah. So, and that's yeah. the fact that people make friends, right? Yeah. And, and when you hear among the people, I, I, I know this could be a sensitive word for some folks, but we, we hear it a lot around here where unsolicited, where people say, this is like my family. And, mm-hmm. and, that, and I know that's not unique to us. I know that happens in lot, lots of different settings, but it's quite common around here. I, it kind of blows my mind sometimes. And just how important that work week is to somebody's quality of life. I mean, it's not just where you make your money. A lot of times it's where you make your friends. Mm-hmm. And when people start inviting their friends and inviting their family to be part of the same thing, I think that's just pretty cool. Uh, guys, we're gonna start to wrap this up right now. I, I think it's been really awesome just to hear about the the journey that you guys have taken together. And Bill, Bill I'm just gonna, I'll start with you and then we're gonna wrap up with Mike here in just a moment. But I asked Mike the question, what does he see going forward? I mean, what do you see in your mind's eye? Not, not just with what you're doing with Mike's group, but like just for the academy, like how can you see this thing plan out well my hope is that it just continues to grow yeah so i think we've done an outstanding job of social media to sort of share our story and it's fun to not share it just on social media but to actually come alongside people and help yeah. them get on their own journey right on. and so w- what we look for in the academy is that someone will make the investment into the leadership piece in their organization and my vision is that we build this consortium where all these different companies are coming mm-hmm. together and sharing best practices, and we're all helping each other. It's not just about the Lippert journey, it's about everyone's journey and how we can all get on this thing and help each other. That's so, great, Bill. Yeah, so that's my vision for I the future. I appreciate that, man, that sounds that sounds fantastic. Mike, what, what would you say, just in closing, say we wrap things up today, kind of what's on your mind, and, and uh, yeah, I'm just kind of curious to get your take as we wrap up our segment. So, a couple things. I mean, one, what you guys are doing is absolutely incredible, and I give you guys so many kudos for that because I actually think I know of like three or four divisions that you guys have worked with at Forest River, which I think needs to be thrown out there. It's not just me. I mean, okay. I believe Carl Miller down at Rockwood Flagstaff, you guys have done some stuff with Curtis Gunner down at Sierra Sandpiper at Plant 3 in Goshen, Mike Getter over at Coachman Catalina. You guys have done some stuff there. There could be more that I'm not aware of. Maynard but Miller, I'm working with Maynard, Maynard Miller. Maynard, yeah, we talked about Maynard. Yeah, Ryan Sailor over there in Goshen. Yeah, so, so I mean, yeah, you guys are doing... Fun. A lot of good yeah. just beyond Lippert. So um, that's much appreciated. Yeah. And well, I mean, that's that's recognized by us as peers. And so I just thank you guys for that and keep it up and anything we can do to help. And yeah, I think that's, that's great. I just want to say it's thanks. It's very gratifying, man, just to hear you say that, you know, just to know that this thing is, is kind of going beyond 
our, you know, our four walls, we like to say, mm-hmm. you know, there's mm-hmm. a, lot, lot, a lot more than four walls around here, but, you know, just metaphorically speaking, to know that this thing is starting to spread. And I know that's the bigger vision. I mean, when Jason talks about this, like we, our goal is to help people just get started on their transformational leadership and culture journey. And it sounds like that's certainly um, in progress with you guys and other companies as well. So, Mike, thank you so much for being our guest today, Bill. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, my pleasure. Hey, thanks, for having thanks me. a lot. Yeah. And the, and the best to you and your with. new assignment, buddy. And it's, it's, we, we couldn't be prouder and more confident than it being in your hands, man. So go get it. And we, we love that you're at the wheel right now. So, Can't so hands, much. Right Thank there. You. I mean, right this on. is a good man. This is a good man this right a good here. Man. I don't care what his wife says. It's enough. It's enough. <laughs> uh, I, I met her after church. She's, she loves it. All right. Well, that's good to know. Okay. Now, listen, uh, this is Edgar Cabello for the Built to Lead podcast with the Academy for Leadership here at Lippert. I want to thank you for joining us today. And if there's any way that we can help you, please reach out to us. You can reach us at the academy at lci1.com. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for joining us and know that together we can use the 40 or 50 hours a week we have to influence and impact others and truly make business a force for good in this world. If you don't mind, do me a favor and leave your comments for us and share this episode with a few people. The world needs this message. Thanks again for joining us. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the view or mission of Lippert Components Incorporated.